Ladies and gentlemen from Colonial Heights, Virginia and All Seasons Tabletop Studio, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, International Health and Science Experts Demand a Better Way. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. Hey, are you on your best behavior? I am doing the best I can, little by little. Welcome, everybody, to The Undiluted Truth. I am Ben. And without any further delay, as usual, let's go ahead and give a warm welcome to our host, Mike. And uh, how are you doing this afternoon, sir? Fantastic. Excellent. And it is getting better. Oh. Little by Ooh. little. Little by little. Little by little. Little by little. Seems like All there, right. Seems like there was a song, Little by Little, I, but I don't oh. want to get distracted, but... I, uh, I I'm thinking of one that has those lyrics, but I'm not. I can't think of the title. Yeah, we'll have to find that and be able to plug it in for sure. But it's interesting because most most often than not, just in our intro, there's things that are said that remind me of of yeah. certain things. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing doing very very good this afternoon, and looking okay. forward to this episode. Uh, good to be here again. Uh, yeah, on this platform, and uh, I trust you doing okay. I am day? doing. I am doing good. Yes, I'm having right. a good day. And I did think of the group that does the song. I can't remember the exact song. Take six. Take six. Yes, take six. Uh, acapella group, Christian acapella group. Uh, they did a song where some of the lyrics are little by little. Oh, they repeat that. Uh, but I can't think of the exact song. Oh, okay. But yeah, that. Yeah. Well. It, <laughs> Pretty, I guess, common phrase, little by little. Yeah. Uh, we could might be able to find that within more than one song. Uh, Most with, likely. With a variety yes, of groups. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll search it, and, and, and maybe one episode, we'll just play them all. Oh, boy. Just kidding. Musical we, compilation. We would, we would uh, be way off track with that. Yeah. But, um, boy, but it, it, I, <laughs> I might lose attention. Uh-oh. That's yeah. not a good thing. No, no. I like the title of of the episode today, mm-hmm. International Health Professionals and, and Medical Professional Scientists Demand. Yeah. And th- this goes back to some of the things. Uh, it, it reminds me of the declaration, uh, the, the COVID summit that they, you know, the $17,000. Right. This really is part of the same group, by the way. And... I, that's what I saw with that group is, mm-hmm. was the fact that these people absolutely care about good health and the people throughout the world because this is not just the United States, and that's why we said international. It's the best of the best around the world. But these individuals care about the people that they care for in their in their profession. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, that's, you know, we, we talk about the truth is hard to find. People that actually care 
about that, that what's going yes. what's going on and and mm-hmm. care in, in such a way that you're ready to really dig deep or as we say just turn over enough rocks and and believe it or not and it's sad that there are some health professionals that that just don't care to do that yeah they're going to take the lazy way out and go you know just line up and this is what you know this is what we have for you or whatever or we believe this is uh the best way to go Right, uh, and it's it's usually a short sighted way of of looking at it, a short sighted and and a little bit narrow minded as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not these guys. Uh, these are people that really are interested in, regardless of the fallout, they're they're willing to do the right thing. Yeah, okay. and and on that same note, uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to all our listeners and rock tumblers. Yes, for sticking with us for a year. So if you guys heard our last podcast, which was this past Thursday, actually today as, you know, we're recording the same day that you are going to hear that one. (laughs) But anyway, so I just wanted to give a shout out to all of our listeners for sticking with us and tumbling rocks with us. Yes, indeed. So thank you for listening, guys, and and, uh, stay tuned. Yeah, for sure. One year. Mm -hmm. And still rolling. No pun intended. (laughs) Good one. Good one. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Still rolling. Yeah, we're still yeah. rolling along. That's right. Walking the we could we could we could get this at walking the high wire without a net. You know that's what. Uh, oh, the, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're taking big risks here. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's really where the, the that's where the high wire, the high wire Dell, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, very right. appropriately named. Yeah. So good job on that name. There. Yeah, absolutely. So what what we're getting ready to hear is an event with the. Better Way group, mm-hmm. and this was, and forgive me, it's, I think it was in the UK. It was not here in the US, but there's a panel of a handful, and you, you'll recognize some, okay. as, and, and we'll, we'll do our best to call some of them out, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it, once again, it is the best of the best. But there's some, there's some questions, some very practical questions, and the overall question is in this process of seeking a better way of healthcare, a better way of handling uh, the, the the viruses and and everything that we've been through, and we don't need to go through it. But we're we're sort of going to hone in on vaccines, right? And we're going all the way back, mm-hmm. and then up to date when we think of vaccines, because we're you know, we're calling what's going on today. A jab. It's not even by definition a vaccine, but we're going yeah. to go all the way back, and yeah. the question's going to be asked to this panel. Moving forward to improving and creating a better way, mm-hmm. and and I would like to just add the proper way or the right way to do health and medicine in treating people around the world. Do we see, as mm-hmm. this group, vaccines playing a part in the future of improving what's been going on. Okay. Uh, right. I thought that question, the way it was framed, and that stems, that goes into a whole lot. So uh, for the listeners out there, we may not be jumping in and commenting on as much as we typically do okay. uh, because I right. think – I'm going to let these guys speak for themselves, and something may strike. But I, I really want us to listen, and we, you know, we will carry 
most of their comments through its uh, their entirety and maybe comment toward the end. But if something pops up that we think we need to emphasize, we will. But I don't see as much of our interjecting um, our right. our wonderful insight. Uh, oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Oh, uh, but no, we'll we will let that we will let these guys uh, take it. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just quickly, the format: this uh, Dell is sort of uh, leading out in this discussion. So you might say he was a moderator that okay. had a list of questions, and mm-hmm. I think what he's going to be doing, if I'm not mistaken, he's going to sort of uh, mention the fact that I've got these questions, but. I want to set these questions aside and ask a couple of other questions that he feels like some, right. is a little bit more important. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's roll. Let's buckle up and roll on. <laughs> All right. Here we go. You, in some ways, I feel like I want to toss these questions out. And this is Tess, I'm sorry. This is probably why I've never been an MC at an event like this, ever. <laughs> You're about to find out why. Um, there are great questions here, and for everyone out there in the viewing public, I appreciate them. But I think there's a conversation that needs to happen right here and now, if we're truly going to discuss a better way forward, um, that has been set off. And some of it's a bit of a firestorm that Geert Van den Bosch has created online. For those of you that have been asking those questions. Can you ask the it really comes down to vaccinations. I think that many in this. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here real quick. There are a couple of moments here. You've got a number of people mic'd up, and right now you've got the panel, a couple of them, as this is taking place, whispering, speaking to, into the mic. Yeah, whispering to each other. Yeah, and and okay. Ben was not in the UK to to there. to control the sound on this. So, <laughs> uh, with that being said, you're going to hear some whispering back and forth, and just please excuse that for a moment. But it's it's <laughs> it's only a couple of small little yeah. uh, uh, right. <laughs> moments when that happens. So that's that's not happening in our studio. All right, let's continue to roll on. All right. This audience and out there in the viewing world right now um, would think that after this COVID pandemic and the problems that we've seen with this vaccine, that an event like this would come to the conclusion that there isn't a place for vaccines moving forward. So I want to ask a few questions of this panel. I'm going to put you on the spot. I haven't done it on my show. Maybe you'll never come on again. But we are truly, (laughs) truly going to have a scientific conversation. We can't be afraid to have this one. And so I'm going to sort of encapsulate some of these questions. Here's my first question to everyone on the panel. How many of you, by raising your hands, believe that vaccination has a place in a better way moving forward? Okay. I appreciate that. All right. So, so roughly half of those that are up there. Okay. And that's great. And, and I'm going to drill down on a few other questions. So... Um, how many of you are aware that since the increase of vaccinations, when we were giving 10 vaccines, I'll use the United States of America's stats, we were giving 10 vaccines in the United States of America to, by the time you were 18, up until about 1986 when we took all liability away, that vaccine program increased to 54 vaccines. 
How many of you are aware that in that time, we went from a, you know, a chronic illness rate in the United States of America of 12% to a chronic illness rate of now over 54%, and that data has been stopped being given to us since uh, 2012. How many are aware of that increase in chronic illness? Yeah. Okay. Here, is that, is that not something you're aware of? Well, you know, I don't like these blunt statements, right? I mean, it's all more, more complex. Uh, you have to be careful with correlations. That's, uh, I agree. I'm just, that, just, just, I'm, I and like I'm the stating. Nuance. I like the nuance. And, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm strictly stating correlation, and I, I will admit that. But I think it's at the heart of the conversation. So how many are aware that we have full liability protection in the United States of America, especially in a sort of adhered to around the world when it comes to uh, vaccination? Yeah. You mean liability? Liability protection. Yeah, I mean, we're the immunity from liability. Immunity from liability, so that they, the, the manufacturers are not held liable. Okay, how many of you believe that that is a problem if we're going to get to, you know, the issues of safety? Okay. Very good. Thank you. Um, so let me get then more specifically to those that, you know, I think said they believe in vaccination uh, as a way forward. And I think that one of the things that was surprising by the questions online is, Geert, you have talked about how dangerous it is vaccinating the youth, the children in this pandemic because of their natural and powerful innate immunity. And I think that the problem is that it's the children. When we think of vaccination, we always think of vaccinating the children. So it goes to follow that the children would be who we would be vaccinating during this pandemic. So what is the difference? Why is it that you came here today and said, we must continue vaccinating children with all of the other vaccinations uh, and not trusting innate immunity and that, that natural immune system uh, when it comes to childhood illness? Good question. Well, the problem is that we are facing two completely different situations when we are, again, vaccinating the children during a pandemic. Uh, very clearly, very clearly, we are not contributing, so the children are not contributing to herd immunity. We prevent this reservoir i mean they have first of all they have the maternal antibodies right six months approximately during that time we would never vaccinate because there is no vaccine take the vaccines get so to say in simple words neutralized by the maternal antibodies then we have the innate immune system that gets trained and and by training this innate immune system to some extent we do this with live attenuated vaccines they can contribute to herd immunity when we do this during the, 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 the pandemic, we are, we are vaccinating them with antibodies that are basically useless against Omicron because the Omicron uh, is, is resistant to utilizing antibodies. But it prevents the innate antibodies from coming into action. So we are preventing them. So it's a completely different situation compared to where you have already established uh, herd immunity and where you're going to maintain this capacity because you will lose some people. You know, that there are some elderly people, they're innate immunosenescence, so the, innate, the immune system will weaken, and you have to replenish that, that, that reservoir. Of course, you could say we, have, we let nature do the job. Well, some of the children, it will take till, you know, the age of three before they get 
they get exposed to, 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 to the bug, then the likelihood that they become more severely ill is higher than when you do it, for example, you know, six months or, or so. And, and also, you, you, this is a very delicate equilibrium that is established after a pandemic, after a natural pandemic. So a little bit of increase in the vulnerable po population, a little bit of a decrease in the herd immunity could all of a sudden give rise to an outbreak. So you want to avoid this. So you want to consistently replenish that, that reservoir. So it's, it's, that is what is obviously not understood by our public health authorities. We are not, not vaccinating children in the midst of a pandemic. There is no herd immunity. Right. We cannot, we can, they cannot contribute to this. So it, it's exa doing exactly the opposite. It's preventing, preventing herd immunity. And because it's preventing herd immunity, it's not just useless for the child or even dangerous, but it's even preventing the vulnerable population from not getting exposed because we are just with all these vaccinations, the infection rate is increasing. I'm repeating, it's exactly the opposite okay. from what herd we immunity understand. is supposed to do. I think we do. have a, a clear idea, Dr. Robert Malone. Okay, before uh, Dr. Malone uh, chimes in, uh, Geert was basically in, in just trying to say, and he said this, he has said this all along, but you're vaccinating children today with a vaccine that is not doing anything to help with herd immunity is what he's saying. And of course, right. he, of course he's saying we don't have it now, but you know, we don't want to get into the weeds too much, but the, the reason you don't have it now is, is in certain pockets of areas, you got these variants coming along. Mm -hmm. Everyone, everyone needs to understand that the vaccine that is, that has, that is out is for the original spike protein, that that thing's long gone. So the memory of the immune system to look for that is not doing anything, even even if the children are been being given a vaccine that is going to look for spike protein. There's right. other variants circling around the block coming in the back door. So you know he what he's saying is that. You don't have herd immunity at all, and he's right. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. overall in the world, right. because you've got these other little pockets. Now, what's not being brought up is you yeah. know a uh, uh, building up of the immune system and so forth and so on. And he did touch a little bit on the children's immune system growing. Mm -hmm. You know, at early ages from six months up to you know around three years or so, right? Because the shots for your kids and I, you know, my girls, that's about the age they start getting popped, you know, it's around three years old. They start getting these shots. Uh, so that's, that's what he's talking about. Trying to keep it simple. Now, uh, Dr. Robert Malone is going to chime in here. Um, All right. And you, you have, you have two different styles of speaking too. Dr. Malone is very methodical, very deliberate. <laughs> and Garrett is a little bit more upbeat and, and, and quick, quicker speaking. So uh, Dr. Malone's going to chime in now. Malone, you'd like to say something? Yeah, Del, I'd like to um, uh, build a little nuance. It, it feels like you set up a very simple um, binary system, um, but you asked a very broad question. Is there any role for vaccines going forward in a better way? In that, in my raising my hand, I was not endorsing in any way our current vaccine schedule. I, I 
for me as a vaccinologist who has often assumed has, has integrated a belief system that I was brought up in um, about the efficacy and utility of childhood vaccines, I had a moment of epiphany when I sat down with Candace Owens. We talked about what the temporal relationship has been with many of these uh, classic pediatric diseases and uh, their quenching in the population, which was more concurrent with implementation of modern public health and water sanitation practices than it was with implementation of vaccines. And yet the industry has taught me and has taught many of us that, that there was a causal relationship when in fact it was correlation, which is one of the big flaws that we've seen again and again is conflating correlation with causation. However, you asked the broad question, is there any role at all? I'm, I'm of the belief that there are some situations in which this uh, prophylactic uh, exposure to antigen, because I'm, 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 I'm there with, uh, we need new, new nomenclature. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mess. That's been part of the problem, is this overly broad term of vaccine has been implemented, which is really nonspecific. But there are some cases um, you know, I'm, I work with the DOD folks, uh, protection of a warfighter or a, uh, um, an interventional person going into an environment where there's a new outbreak. Well, if we can provide that person with some protection, often, however, that can be better provided with drugs or with antibodies. So you hear me in my discussions often using the metaphor of you give a three-year-old a hammer, everything becomes a nail. And I'm kind of now need to modify that. If you give a public health bureaucrat a hammer, everything becomes a nail and they, and they seem to want to apply it to everything. So where I'm at is I'm, I'm of the opinion that there are some contexts such as ring vaccination in the context of an outbreak where there may be utility here. But I believe that this hammer has been grossly overused, and that's been amplified, as you've appropriately put out, pointed out, by these perverse incentives that have been built into our public health system, including the uh, indemnification clauses that have been built into it. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where I'm coming from, is I, I absolutely believe that we must revisit the data. And I'm, you know, everybody calls Bobby an anti-vaxxer. Bobby and I are aligned on this. What Bobby has asked for. I'm just going to interject real quick. When he's speaking of Bobby, it's, it's Robert Kennedy Jr. is who he's talking about uh, uh, calling him Bobby. So It's caused him to have all this backlash and pejorative labeling and defamation. He's merely asked for the data. He's asked for the data demonstrating safety and effectiveness. Correct. And he's asked for the data comparing safety and effectiveness in the context of this multi-inoculation, let's call it, strategy, which has never been uh, uh, developed and assessed adequately. I'm with him. I, I, I'm compelled that it is past time, high past time, um, to stop this high wire act, um, and uh, and and we 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 need to revisit. Um, and if the data good. aren't there, 
I, I think we have, to, we have to be conservative in the sense of don't subject our children to products that are the safety and effectiveness has not been adequately demonstrated. I'm Absolutely. Dr. Dr. Brett Weinstein. Um, I will try to be, is this on? Yeah. Uh, it's not on. There we go. Oh, there it is. Um, I'll try to be quick because I have a feeling those chairs are working for the enemy. Um, <laughs> there, what we have here is a problem where we've seen up close the malignant version of something. And it's been a very long time since we've seen the positive version. And so the tendency is to think the whole thing can't work. Vaccination in the hands of big pharma is obviously a very dangerous technology. However, were it to be rebuilt into a system that was capable of figuring out what the net impact was, right? What all-cause mortality looks like for these things, and not just the immediate all-cause mortality, but over a long period of time, then the question is, well, what are the right diseases to utilize this tool, and which ones are we doing more harm than good? Is it true that uh, a great many vaccinations is bad for you over a lifetime and that we should treat this this technology very sparingly, right? That we should be choosing very carefully which few things it makes sense to use it for and what to hold it in reserve for rather than just imagining that if vaccines are good, then more vaccines are better. Mm. And, and I would point out, uh, my, my phrase for this is, um, you know, uh, in, the in the case of television, is television a positive force? No, it's a terrible force, right? But it's, it's not the box, it's the business model. Right? Mm -hmm. You can put a nature documentary on TV and it can be a, a wonderful, liberating thing. It can let you see stuff that you'll never get to see in person. Right? There's nothing wrong with the box. It's the way we put content on it that makes it toxic. So let's um, not conflate the malignant version of vaccination with the technology in principle. Okay. Very good. <laughs> Dr. Tess Lowry. Yes, um, well, I, my, my opinion is that our children are not suffering from infections. They're suffering from chronic diseases, autoimmune diseases, autism, and depression. So it seems we, like we need to reevaluate health, and we need to look at those things that potentially could be affecting our children's health. Um, and so this is why I've come to think with regard to childhood vaccination, the precautionary principle should apply until we know more. And I think we need to, um, we need to do those studies where we have the, the normal vaccination program and we have the kids that don't get the normal vaccination program. And we need to see who does better, who gets autism, who gets the chronic diseases, and then we will have the answers. But these studies haven't been done and um, you know, we need to do them. I agree. <clears throat> and, and I mean, for those of you, for full transparency for anyone out there, my work has been specific to that. For the years before COVID, the high wire was developed to demand those, uh, that those studies be done. And it's why I've worked with Robert Kennedy Jr. so closely. We did have a meeting at, in, yeah. And, and to be clear for everyone up here, whether you know it or not, I'm not sure, Robert Kennedy Jr. was offered a meeting at the National Institute of Health at, at the beginning of the Trump administration in 2017. I was invited 
by Robert Kennedy Jr. along with we brought in scientists and lawyers and put together our questions and problems with the vaccine program. Two major questions that we asked to Tony Fauci, who was sitting right across from me, Francis Collins was right across from Robert Kennedy Jr. and the whole host of the leading virologists and immunologists uh, that do make our national policy were there. Our number one question is was, uh, why is it that we cannot find a single double-blind placebo study using inert placebo of any of the childhood vaccines that are given to our children uh, based on the CDC schedule? Um, there was uh, someone that chimed in and said they're doing them in earlier phase trials. And then Robert Kennedy Jr. said, great, we're at the National Institute of Health. That's why we're here. Please bring them to us and we'll show them to the public and we'll never ask this question again. Silence. I'm talking a very uncomfortably long period of science, uh, silence before Tony Fauci finally said, we don't do placebo studies because it would be unethical. <laughs> that was the answer. Mm. And the idea being, and this is the problem we have with this science, and I'm going to ask you a question how we get around it. The problem being that this belief, as you, I think, have geared in the vaccine, vaccine program, is so powerful that the idea that any new vaccine that comes along, Gardasil is a perfect example, but all those that came before them, we cannot have a placebo group that is not receiving this life-saving measure because it would be unethical for that group to have to live like that. It's the excuse they used once they had emergency use authorization to then vaccinate the entire placebo group, thereby erasing the safety trials of the COVID vaccine. Well, now that anyone can get it, how can you keep this great life-saving measure away from the placebo group? So that's the problem. And, you know, I will, I'll ask a question about how to get around that. The second question then, Okay, we're going to pause it uh, as he's holding the second question, but so uh, to so th so that we can understand what he was saying, the answer that they get <laughs> is when you do a proper study, right. a, a blind placebo study, double blind, a double blind, they, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, is what they call it, yeah, right. So you've got a group of placebo, right. and a group of whatever it is yeah. whatever you're you know the whatever the the drug is and you want to clearly see the difference exactly so yes if if someone along the way decides hey if we continue going down this road it's going to be clear that there's going to be some serious effects from this medicine that we're giving this group over here and the placebo group is going to be skating down the road with nothing wrong with them, mm -hmm. uh, that's going to expose this drug that we want to get on the market. Mm. So what they do is they scream, that's unethical because you've got a wonderful drug and to withhold it to even the placebo group is unethical. Right. That's what they're saying as a way and a means to stop the placebo group yeah. so to cover their backsides going down the road to get this thing passed. And mm -hmm. what we're going to find out is that is a play that's used in the playbook often. And there are some on this panel that are well aware of it, and you'll see heads nod, and you'll hear a couple of comments but uh, yeah. that's just a little carrot as we, as we move along. So 
now this I, and, and what I like about this, this is real. Yeah, real. Yeah. I guess call it stuff, if you will. But these are real event uh, events that are happening. Dell's talking about a, a a real meeting that they had with the NIH and right. and with the powers to be and so forth. And and this is this is the difficulty. And as we're unpacking some of this, you're going to see more issues. I think that are more obstacles that are in our way. Let's just say in our way to find a better way. Right. Uh, yeah. And you can understand the frustration. And and it helps me to know, because sometimes, Ben, we think, well, there's only two people around here that are frustrated, and that's me and Ben, you know. But 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 what okay. you what you what you're finding out is even those experts, there are some that actually know right. science and, yeah. and and that's what they do. They're frustrated as well. And it and it sort of exposes well, we've got all these hurdles, hurdles, we've got this obstacle, that obstacle. How are we going to get around it? And why do we want to get around it? Because right. we've got we've got a we've got humanity to take care of. Yeah. You know, absolutely. so um that's that's why I think this is so well done and it's and it's not <laughs> it's it's not pretentious. It is it is what you see is what you're getting and some some very pointed questions at these professionals and uh yeah i, I it, it's it's very good so the, we will be coming back uh on a on a, on our next episode following up with this because it is that important so and you know a very good question so and for mm-hmm. those out there yes then that we know you might have questions mm-hmm. it would be nice to answer or maybe mm-hmm. do some research for you if you were to Maybe send us an email. And yes. what is that email, Ben? That email is the undiluted. The sorry, let me pronounce that correctly. The undiluted truth dot podcast at gmail dot com. There you have it. So, I know for me, this sparked maybe some more questions in my mind, and uh, as we walk through. So between now and uh, the next uh, episode, maybe. Uh, you might have some questions as well. So don't hesitate to give us a shout. We'll, we would love to respond to you. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, that sort of wraps it up with this episode, Ben. Uh, let's have a word of prayer as we close. Father in heaven, once again, we thank you for this opportunity to be here on this platform, sharing uh, what we believe is very important information and information that is is life-saving, but also encouraging information. So we ask that your spirit guard and protect those that were in this meeting and as they pursue a better way. We know what the way is, and that is your way, Christ's way. Uh, And in this process, we pray for these individuals and their families that they will be comforted, they will be given the strength and and the mental and, and physical fortitude to do the work of good, and that is to, to, to share and seek truth and ultimately find a better way. So we thank you again for this opportunity uh, and special blessings upon all of our listeners out there. And 
just pray that they continue to have the mental and the physical strength in a world that really appears more and more sometimes every day to be turned upside down. Help to keep us right side up. And as usual, uh, as we part ways, we pray that every intent of our thoughts be pure. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again every Tuesday and Thursday on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, continue to diligently seek truth. God bless.